0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns.
1: All right, welcome in, everybody, episode 77. That's right, the double sevens, are lucky number, here on One Man's Opinion, the podcast that is indeed sweeping the nation. I want to thank each and every one of you for your patronage, your downloads. Comments have been absolutely great. Appreciate you one and all. Uh, Don't forget, tell a friend, spread the word. That's how we grow to bigger and better things and produce more episodes for you. We got a very, very special episode ahead of you today, and I'm very excited about another roundtable. You guys loved it last time a couple weeks ago. We're going right back to that. Well, first off, I am Jeff Mance. In case you're just stumbling in, you can hear me every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM's. Fantasy Sports Radio Channels 87 there. You can find me. I am part owner and operator of FantasyGuru.com, EliteFantasy.com, EliteSportsBetting.com. Check uh, out the work over there. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about DFS and betting and seasonal fantasy sports on today's episode. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. All right, folks. You asked for it. We're bringing it to you behind the curtain today of Elite Sports. Most of you, I think, listen to the Elite Sports Show on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio uh, every single weekday. You guys got you wanted to know behind this story, behind the scenes stories. Do we really get along? Who's the the most smelly? Whatever. Who's the most to deal with? We've got. All four of our participants on today, let's introduce them one by one. First of all, you know the grumpy one, the uh, guy who I'm sure, the curmudgeon of the group, my co-host on Tuesdays and Fridays on Elite Sports, Ted Schuster. How are you, Ted?
0: Doing well, doing well. Waiting for an interesting episode of this disaster. (laughs) This disaster? Ted, how
1: many times? You haven't been on the podcast nearly as much as I would have thought. What, What happens to
0: you? I don't know. I was on the offensive line one two weeks ago. No, that's it? right.
1: You, yeah, you're right. Well, we, no, that was not. That was for fantasy guru, you dumb fuck. Oh. This is the fucking. This is this I is one man's crap. opinion. This is the one you're supposed to swear, even though you did swear on that one too. We we barely. We, we can't swear a, on the
0: guru one. What the fuck is that?
1: You're not supposed to swear on the guru one, but uh, you do anyway. Uh, also, odd to show, our uh, most of the time, he's our main producer, except when he takes uh, he leaves us uh, in abandonment four weeks vacation it's the great phil backert also the idp guru here at fantasyguru.com. what's up phil phil backert oh no what did we lose phil ted jesus christ did it, it did it go 10 five minutes into the podcast and we've already lost our main producer phil backert well that's all right we got a backup producer that's why right. for when phil goes out there's always sandro and nello ready to pick up the pieces how are you sandro
2: I'm great. I'm doing better than Phil, I guess.
1: Yeah, what happened there? How funny is that? We spend all this time immediately after the show getting things ready here. Sandra having all kinds of issues, and then it's Phil, the one who evidently bobs out. Sandra, you're the newest member, technically, to the Elite Mafia. You've been, um, we've, known, I mean, we've known each other for, what's this better? How long have you been at SiriusXM at this point? Uh, we're coming
2: on five years in September.
1: All right, so five years. Do you remember your first impression, first time you worked with Ted and or myself?
2: Remember, I do that not. At all?
1: No, I do no. not. <laughs> not really. The, what? First, first memory you could recall was it work in our show? Could you? I mean, you would work our show every now and then. You used to assist uh Fensty back in the day when he was our main producer. Yeah, so
2: I would say my first memory of Ted is more of, like, a technical thing. Uh, Ted <laughs> connected on I, the ISDN, which is a uh-huh. radio piece of equipment. So I just knew, like, oh, this is the one guy who's different than the rest when it comes to <laughs> connecting to the studios. Uh, with with you, I don't really have, like, a, a radio memory of, like, the, your top five, actually. That's, that's the memory. Like, doing the top five into the hard out is – you need a trained professional working that. And I just yeah. remember like achieving my first one perfectly. And I'm like, oh, I've graduated. Like I've, I finally made it.
1: That is uh, absolutely, yeah, that's about how it goes. I mean, the top five does challenge people. That is for sure. As speaking of challenging, Phil Backert is uh, officially live with us at this point. I believe he is Phil. Are you there? I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Right. There he is. What's up, Phil? Sandra was just. Uh, Sandra doesn't have a memory of the first time he worked. He remembers Ted connecting via ISDN, uh, the the line for um, uh, on SiriusXM, and then he recalls doing the top five. That was his first memory. But Sandro's been with SiriusXM for five years now, Phil.
3: Sandro is an absolute rock star, and I don't remember the first time meeting him. But uh, five years—that's crazy. I mean, I, I'm coming up with ten years in about a week. So uh, that's pretty impressive to be here for five.
1: Do you or Phil, you and I did a podcast not too long ago, uh, took behind the scenes. We talked to IDP as you do over at fantasy guru, but do you remember we, we talked about you and I working together. Do you remember what was the first time you worked with Ted? You remember t- your first, first uh, uh, impression, at least of Ted Schuster. I don't, I remember the first time.
3: My first show at Sirius XM as a trainee. The first day it was a Sunday, uh-huh. and it was Fantasy Alarm. It was you and Ryan Hallam then, and I got lost going to Sirius XM. Okay. and I yeah. I was late for my first shift. Drew Phelps was the producer. He had to walk down and get me in the middle of the oh, show, man. which was pretty normal. He always leaves the show, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was the first time being introduced to you. Uh, but Ted, I don't I don't know. I guess since I was already in the groove of things. I don't really
1: remember. Do do you remember? Was it me and Hallam at that point when you first started? Yeah, it was you and Hallam. Hallam. Yeah, it was you and Hallam. Hallam ducked out pretty early. Like he, I think he lasted maybe a year on that first run. I can't. I've never really. I remember when he was like kind of not showing up and fading off a bunch of times, which is about. It wasn't even a year in. Honestly, he was just like it was that December where he started flaking on me a, a little bit or flaking out he couldn't make it i shouldn't say flaking that's not right but that's uh, and then Let's be honest.
0: that's when ted jumped in that's
1: what it was <laughs> ted did you recall that ted your first, your first show was a live show right ted
0: uh yes i believe it was in san francisco at the fsta conference if i'm not mistaken uh,
1: yeah, that would have been a uh summer conference yeah so that was in june so maybe that was the next June. Maybe I did some So I can't remember, man. That was a long time ago. One thing is this group has been together for uh for quite a while at this point. Um Sandra being the newest to Ben. Sandra, what was it like coming in? Did you feel like uh it, when you first started doing the show every day and sort of assisting with Phil? Like what was that what was the thought of jumping into this fire?
2: Uh <laughs> That's tough because I, I'm what I'm like a utility guy. Right. So I get called in from like the bullpen and I don't know how long I'm going to be in. Right. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I might uh-huh. be with the show for two weeks, two months, two years. I, I'm not sure. So I, I knew that uh, I've always loved listening to your show and working your show in the past in the limited times that I've worked it. So when when Matt or when I, I got the opportunity to work it, I, I was, you know, there was no hesitation. It's like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go.
1: Right. And uh, you don't, you know, you don't have to say you, you like it. You could say this is, the, you, you could have, been, you guys <laughs> to be
0: honest, right? Cause I'll say this, the, the impressions of me are always, I'm a hack. I'm a radio hack. And I <laughs> just throw that out there. And I have no problem admitting. I have no training whatsoever. I've gotten better over the years. But I'm a fucking disaster at times. Like, what
1: happened, <laughs> by the way? I think we're going to tell stories on this show, and we want to peek behind a curtain. We put out a tweet. Uh, remember, at only Sandro on, uh, on Twitter, at Phil Backert, at Ted Schuster. Uh, follow each of these guys on social media, of course. I put out a tweet for people to ask about stories. There's a lot. I think one of the most fun times ever, and it's not—it's fun for me probably, but not for the rest of you, it's when I get disconnected because there are technical issues that pop up constantly. And let's be honest, I mean, especially during COVID, we're all sort of at home and trying to patch this whole thing in. Sirius doesn't love us talking about that, which is understood. But if your internet cuts out, it cuts out. And sometimes it cuts out on me leaving Ted alone. Phil, what's what's that like from a producer's standpoint when you know – and you know Ted's panicking a bit.
3: So I remember you got disconnected. I mean this is probably right around COVID. I mean maybe the way time flies is 2019. You got disconnected in March, and we we're talking March Madness, <laughs> and I am trying to figure out what happened to you right, first right, off. Right. And now Ted is just throwing to me – asking me about my brackets, what big upsets, my brain was in a pretzel. I'm like, yeah, Ted, I'd like this 12 seed to win. Had no idea what I was even saying. I would love to go back and listen to it. While I'm trying to direct the other producer, Sandra wasn't with us at the time, to like, all right, uh, you know, see if Jeff connects back. I'm trying to hit you up on chat. It was a mess, but yeah. That's probably the worst feeling as producers, especially in this new world that we're in. That we actually have equipment at our house, yeah. uh, with, and we're relying on the internet. I mean, look, you, you listen enough to all the shows on SiriusXM, that happens a lot, and you know, at your own house, your your internet's slow, and, and that it it impacts everything. So. It is very difficult when that happens, but I think we do a good job trying to cover each other,
1: you know, at least we had the rundown, things like that. But yeah, with Ted is on an island by himself. Well uh it could be Well, difficult. that was the thing, Ted. It used to be sheer panic from you. Like there was time, I remember anytime my internet or anything would be spy, my connection before we did, you know, we used to just pipe in, like Sandra was saying, ISDN lines and like dedicated lines, T1 and all that stuff. It used to be like you would freak out. I could tell it in your voice. Like you don't like to lead the show. Like that's the thing people, you say it's a radio hack, but you don't, like that's not your thing to lead the show, the ins, the outs, the timing mechanism. You're just an analyst and that's that's your role how have you grown over the years in that
0: capacity well i mean i guess he's more comfortable trying not to freak out when it does happen but it's just different because when you lead a show like you do all the play like you'll do like when we do all these breakdowns nfl breakdowns the stat breakdowns i don't like it to it real turn into a shit show because you put a lot of work into it but you also have it all written down i don't have copies of this shit so to me it's just like <laughs> there's certain segments i just can't if you're not there i thought it's out the fucking window <laughs> and even like little things, little things like the countdowns. I mean, people think it's just simple, and it, it just it's it's not. When you've got a producer in your ear saying thirty, fifteen, ten, five, it's just different. And it's funny that I've gained more just comfortable with this with this. I was watching, you watch people get like interviewed. You could tell how uncomfortable they are, and it's it's kind of funny at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I bet. Well, Sandro, when it comes to that, like, what was it like? Working, you know, when you work other shows, how hard is it from your standpoint? You know, you guys have to be ready to produce, especially in your spot. You're not a made guy like Phil. Phil's worked his way up, of course, but when you don't really know from day to day or week to week what show you're doing, talk a little bit about the 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 massive differences that occur between shows from the producer angle of it. So I I would
2: say the main thing is. If you don't try to figure out who your host is, that that's like the first fail. So, for example, like you're you're big into Austin Eckler this year, we all know that. Mm -hmm. And I could walk into any show and and try to produce it and come up with a running back segment where I'm praising Austin Eckler. But if my the host that I'm now assigned to isn't big into Austin Eckler, then there's a disconnect. Like I, I come from a political talk background before i worked in fantasy sports and i think the hosts are very similar in they're set in their ways and you're not really going to skew them off of players or views on on specific topics so you have to meet with the with the host and you know try to understand where they're coming from before you can produce that show so walking in blind is is definitely the worst thing you can do for any
1: any type of show well, talk about that. I'll fill in, Sandro. Uh, talk about how you wh- – what's the pressure like? For one, Sandro, you mentioned you're from a political talk background and, and that, like what – we know the a little bit about the bicycle story. You bicycled uh, uh, cross-country and all of that, but what got you into – why did you even – did you apply at SiriusXM in general or were you set out for the Fantasy Sports Channel or like how did you get – to Sirius XM and the fantasy sports channel.
2: So I was, I, I wasn't aiming for fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. I, I was,
1: I was just looking for a radio
2: producer job in general. Uh, just not where I was uh, because I, I, w- I worked in Philadelphia in political talk and I was working for the Phillies for a little while. And there was just no opportunity there. The program director flat out told me that th- I, w- I will not get full-time that full-time mm-hmm. in radio is not a thing. And like two weeks later, someone got a full-time job. And I was like, who's <laughs> this dude? And then I found out his his dad was a higher up. Oh, so at okay. that point, and I, and I at the time, I was already working full-time in television. Uh, or I, I did get a job in television shortly after. So I knew there was an opportunity, and I just had to find it. So uh, before I did the bike trip, I, I did a stint where I lived in a van for like nine months. And I was applying. <laughs> and I was... Flat Was out it t- down
1: by a river? Did you put it down by a river at least?
2: Where I, anywhere, everywhere. I was <laughs> literally parking on your side street and you had no clue because uh, I was there for one night. You know, it's just you're in and out and you showered a, a gym and I was working a full time job. But I was applying to radio jobs saying, like, hey, I live in a van. So I, I would love to work where you are. And it's definitely better than me living in a van. Right. And people weren't calling or they were. And they weren't hiring. And I was just like, this is this a mess. So uh, I got fed up with that. And then I did the bike trip where I rode across with a sign that said, are you hiring a radio producer? And literally 85 days later, I'm in San Francisco and uh, Matt Deutsch here calling our program director at Sirius calls me we interview and uh, I didn't think I got the job, but I did. And then that's it. Five years later, I'm talking to you you here on this podcast.
1: When you're interviewing with the, uh, unfortunately, I think bike ride probably was better career move. Did uh, did you know you're interviewing for a fantasy sports channel, a radio?
2: Yes, when Matt, they they uh, were, I forget who called first. If it was like HR, if it was the you know program, program director, I know. Right. I, I'm not. I know I knew at that point. I did ask a question that they didn't understand, so they answered differently than what I was hoping for. Uh, uh, I was like what making. Was that? It was like if if you we were to rank the D.C. office versus the New York office, what what would your number one pick be? And they both just gave me their number one picks for the fantasy season. And I was like, oh, I guess they would not understand my question.
1: <laughs> now that sounds about right, right? Doesn't that feel? That sounds about yeah. like right. <laughs> that, well, that's
3: why Sandro got the job because they thought he knew all these fantasy questions.
1: <laughs> it's had you ever played fantasy sports before? Yeah, Tr- I I did, uh, but
2: like. I was I'm not like this super fan, like I don't do rankings, like I, I just drafted what? teams and that's it. You know, like I just I just played them. Even on this bike trip, right I remember the, the the whole time on the trip I kept on like talking about this keeper league where I wanted to draft Paxton Lynch. So okay. like you could tell like I, I just don't you know at, at that time I was definitely not in it as much as I am now.
1: Yeah. What is it? I mean, Phil, what's the pressures like? Because I mean, you've been around a long time, Phil, and you've seen a lot of shows. Seen, you see know, hosts and personalities and shows kind of come and go. Uh, I always talk about Phil ditching me when he finally got full time. Phil would produce the show every now and then, like we would do the evening show on the weekends. And then Phil's like, yeah, man, I love this. This is great what wait I'm full-time yeah I'm the fuck out of here like you were gone like skid marks out of the studio I didn't see you again for like three years as you were producing daytime but what what's it like from your point of view I mean having to blend in and get along with the host and especially and we'll, we'll get into specifics about like our show because people want to know what happens when you disagree like there's sometimes you got to be like I totally disagree but yeah, as a producer how much pressure is it is on you what's your you know what's that like
3: well, it's a lot of pressure, and for, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of these guys that get hired, they are twenty four, twenty five, and their hosts standpoint. are in. A, yes, from a producer standpoint, okay. and their hosts are you know in the forties yeah. or late thirties. I know Jeff, when you <laughs> first funny. started, you were in your mid thirties, <laughs> but like. My first job, uh, you know, not only work with you, but like Bob Harris and the intimidated Mike Dempsey. <laughs> and I'm going to tell them that uh, they need to do a topic. It's tough, right. so you do have to create a relationship with these guys. And like Sandro, I was the same way as Sandro. It took me it took me eight years to be your regular producer. I was here for eight years, bouncing from show to show, which I think benefits because then you do realize like what clicks with different people and you get along better, but. It's tough to be like, hey, man, we're not talking about this. And then, you know, you have your management side saying we have to do this. Uh, you know, we're not talking baseball anymore. I mean, you, listeners know when July hits, it's no baseball anymore. And really, if the higher ups head away, it might be no baseball at all. So the balance of saying to your host, hey, we cannot do this when that's all they want to talk about It's tough. You got to earn that respect. And I think that's just communication. Uh, I mean, Jeff, Ted, I mean, we're, Ted came to my 30th birthday years ago. Jeff and I talk all the time. Ray and I are close. I mean, you have to have that relationship or it's not going to work. And you're just going to get steamrolled over and they're just going to do what they want. And I think that reflects on air. I think the chemistry the four of us have. And then when Ray's on there too, all five of us. And I think it comes across that we all get along because we really do. We love busting each other's chops, which gets us in trouble at times. But uh, Uh, I think that that's what you need to do.
1: Speaking of getting us in trouble no. but Ted, from your point of view, for you, I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to let Ted speak from our point of view, like dealing with producers, then like, you know, it's been a long time uh, and many, many producers, you and I, Ted and I did the midnight show from 12 to two. And we never had the same producer, like legitimately never. Eventually, we got into like a system where one, you know, you know, a group of people. Like we'd have this guy in this day, this guy in this day, this gal on this day. You know, we we'd have a rotation that was relatively steady, but we never had um, any kind of steady producers. What's it been like from a host standpoint, Ted?
0: Well, that's yeah. I mean, and some of them better than others, uh, especially the nighttime one. Some of them were were decent, others were just an absolute train wreck and drunk on air and saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's just different. Oh, yeah. it, it just some just aren't. I mean, it's I don't know. I guess our show is more interactive too when it comes to producers, so it's nice when your producers have some personalities, um, right? And we don't. Not all of them are that maybe comfortable doing it, or just they're not that. Just not their personality, but. Um, it can be tricky because you, you don't know – got to be touchy. And, of course, we, in general, we're supposed to be touchy and PC what we say off air, but we're not. Um, but we just gotta, you can't cross certain lines, I guess. But you got to be careful who you're talking to. You don't want to offend somebody's political views or anything like that. But, yeah, it's – which we don't talk about much on air. So we try to – we vent during the break. or We have uh, what we call break teases is what the, they're referred to. When we have a good story that right. we can't tell on air that we tell during the break. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah that, we don't, we've never told the people that we are. Uh, so uh that's a great one. Uh, Phil, we we do break teases all the time. Like we'll have things we, we talk about, you know, normally it's just shop or a you know, football related or a great story or a great social media thing we saw, but we do break teases. So like it. We have motivation for to when we throw the break that the four of us or you know, and when Ray's on, of course, the five of us can talk about you know a different topic. So sometimes we hate when the breaks end, Phil.
3: Yeah, um, we get after it during the breaks. Uh at the end of the day, we all just bitch. I mean, that's basically do. for yes. th- for three minutes yep. during the break, we bitch about <laughs> everything. everything. So and then someone else starts to jump in the bitch, and that's when it's like nope. 10 seconds left. We're like, all right, break tease, we'll continue that on the other side.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Phil or Sandra, did you when you, you're jumping into this, did you feel like um you know, a a welcoming group was like when you started working on Elite? Uh, you know, what was that difference like? Did you feel pressure? Because you know, at this stage, it's weird, it's always weird for me. I'll set this up for you, Sandra, because I am you in my mind, I just started and I'm still working up and I have a lot to prove. I understand now that some people certain segment view me as a made guy or an established guy. I've got my role. I've been successful here. The show has been successful. And so I could see, I try to understand that that's intimidating for some people to come in, especially a producer. We do our same things at the same spots. And you know, I'm a creature of habit. You've learned that about me. Was it, Intimidating for you coming into that environment where you're a little skeptical at first
2: no so i mean before i got to Sirius, i had like six years of experience working in radio mm-hmm. and even before i i got to Sirius, i was kind of floating around the same way i i was when i started here where i was doing random shows and i was working with a bunch of different personalities everywhere every, every mm-hmm. like i was working with doctors lawyers The Mister Fix It guy. So I was already like, (laughs) I was already used to working with different people. I I would say the the biggest struggle is when you are working with so many different people. uh, It's that learning the structure of each show. So like you said, your your show at first is chaos. It just seems like chaos. There's a a lot of uh, non traditional things that happen. So once you you kind of uh rerack yeah. your brain around like,
1: it like what's a non traditional give us an example i
2: i would say the super long first segment and then the super <laughs> short last segment of each hour is um it's tough at first cuz you're like well i mean i'm i'm just used to like
1: you know segmented e- normal yeah, every,
2: yeah yeah every quarter every quarter hour we're supposed to be uh you know, playing what pays the bills. So, (laughs) um, but, but once you learn that and then you, you learn the cadence, like now I know when you're going to break, because I could tell by like the, the, the different tone in your voice, like I'll, I'll text Phil or I'll I'll send him a G chat or something like, Oh, he's going to break. And then like in less than 20 seconds, we're, we're going to break. Um, you, it takes time to learn that from your hosts. Um, and so I wouldn't say it was intimidated at first, but it was definitely like, all right, I need to re rearrange like how I would, you know, normally run a board or whatever.
1: What's your craziest story before you got to Sirius XM, Sandro's craziest craziest radio story that you'll never forget?
2: I had a um I had a host. I was filling in during the daytime shift and I had a host that uh, had this segment where he like listened to voicemails uh and (laughs) okay so so i i had to run the board there was a music bed underneath you play the voicemails he comments after the segment he like runs into the studio and he's like arguing with me that the levels were all off Uh and i i just lost it i was like (laughs) i was like you need to get out of you need to get out of here like you don't even turn on your own microphone and you're gonna tell me that the levels (laughs) were off Bro, like I was screaming uh, at him. And then I'm wow. like, you have 20 seconds. Get back in the booth. Like you have a show. The program director came down. He's like, can't talk to him that way. Uh, I, I opened up the door to the studio because I knew he was like walking down the hallway. I was like, I never want to work with this guy ever again. He sucks. Oh, he came man. to turn on microphone. He's a hack. And uh, yeah, so then I went back to nights, never worked any time
1: again. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't get fired for that one. But the uh, diva moments, that's something people want, definitely want to know about. Well, we got some, uh, I'm sure. Ted, um, go back to, let's, I want to bring, when you first started doing the radio, number one, Ted, you and I have known each other, obviously, for a long, long time. And like, we were kids working at a Walmart, like teenagers out of nowhere, um, uh, you know, and had sort of our crew and then we started realizing realize we bonded over sports and different stuff like that. Sports and booze, I suppose, was our uh, our connection there. I mean, you ever foresee working in radio, sports radio? I mean, is this something like how, you know, how, how stunning is is it that we're sitting in these chairs as it is today?
0: Uh, well for me it's it's beyond stunning it, it's a fucking miracle I don't know because it just it went I fucking hated talking to I don't know I, I, like like taking speech in high school or college I hate public speaking i'm actually a lot more social now in general than I was in high school I'm kind of shy I moved a lot as a kid this did the idea of being listen having thousands of people listen to you just seems crazy and radio guests is different too I think I think I've approached it differently in that aspect where i they hear your voice but they're not seeing you. So I think that's a little more uh I guess at ease. I just don't, I don't know. I've got as an older. Looking kid, at people. Yeah, looking at people staring at you talking. Even like that for the first show doing a fucking FSTA when we're live is like great. <laughs> about throwing fire. But yeah, it's never something I would have ever pictured doing. I love sports, but I love talking sports, but to, to there's just so much more to radio that people don't understand. And it's that was it's, and you can just tell, like, like just a, a quick example, is like the COVID stuff started happening. Everybody started doing shit remotely, and yeah. we, we've kind of been doing that a while. It was maybe a little bump in the road for us, but we're so used to that. I guess you can just tell how uneasy like t- TV quote stars were these national shows had no idea what they were doing.
1: People walking into their rooms and studio, like the kid eating a burrito, walking in behind the guy and, you know, the news network. Yeah. I I mean, I've seen a lot of that stuff. Preparing your home, You can't just like do it from home. You need a, you need silence. You need everybody out. You need a dedicated area. I think one of the, Ted, do you remember when, um, when I first learned that I got a a show on Sirius XM, we'd been doing a podcast and, you were a guest on the podcast a lot. We're doing like blog talk radio and, you know, stuff like that. It was relatively popular for the that day. But do you remember Yeah, you and I were actually together when I got the call that I got the Sirius XM show as a fill-in host? Do you remember that, Nadal?
0: Vaguely, yeah. I, I...
1: Where? Well, where, what do you remember from it? I'm curious if you even remember any of it
0: i honestly don't i, I remember okay. just i would be around but i've got we've been together when i've got fired from series XM, so i mean there's so oh, many different things that happen
1: oh i got that marked down we're, we got to tell those stories but no you, we were in uh we you and i were in uh, wisconsin dells with the family we had rented a cabin oh, yeah. okay. remember that and that's when i we got the call um that was the owner of uh uh fantasy alarm al williams had called me and said, "Hey, we got. You know, they're gonna give us a tryout. They're gonna give us a one day. It's a Saturday afternoon. See how we do. It's like in a month it would be a baseball only fill in show or whatever. And it was like a massive celebration. Our, our families were together at the cabin, and everything else like that. And uh, pretty, it was pretty ecstatic at that point. That's probably why you don't remember. Like, yeah, this this will never last. When I, you know, I first got the job. What were your feelings at that time? Because knowing, you know, that." me so long or did you say oh yeah this will
0: never last well it was good for the company at the time um which right. is good because the the, the the name out there more i mean i yeah i know you were doing with ryan and, and at that point he was still that dedicated employee it felt like and then things kind of changed but um yeah it's yeah it was one of those things that it was i just knew it was good um i to myself in a way i was a little still nervous of course of being on if i if i know maybe i help out occasionally being on air would be different and nerve-wracking that's why i just laugh at my kids now when they talk about i hate getting (laughs) speeches it's just like i don't know it's the more you do it the more comfortable you get at it
1: yeah well that's that's the truth to anybody out there i mean i've talked about it before my uncle ed who uh uh, passed away a couple years ago I, i did that um did a whole segment on it. He told, he taught me, he's like, they, he told me, put me aside. He goes, Jeff, they are, they are more scared of you or they are more scared than you are to give the speech. Every person that's put in front of a crowd is scared to fucking death. Everybody, no matter how calm, how cool they, they seem, they're scared to death. So don't be intimidated. They're just as scared. And they don't want to get up in front of that class anymore. And it, it really – he gave me a whole frame of reference and made me realize, oh, okay, just go out there, do your thing. And you know, people will deal with – some will like it, some won't like it. And it, it, it was just inspiring advice um, from my point of view at least. But, yeah, so I, I didn't think when we got Phil and Host – like I didn't realize how it would be or – how long we would be on and all that kind of stuff, but to be doing it eleven years later, twelve years, I think at this point, yeah, eleven years later is pretty is pretty uh, stunning, even to me. And yeah, Ted, Ted being the co host twice a week is pretty surprising because yeah, Ted, you are very short, you don't like to say a lot, and that people get on me all the time. Why well, don't you let Ted speak a lot? You, that's the least of your problems with me, Ted.
0: Yeah, I am not a big, I am not a rambler, that's where I don't like doing a whole – Get stuck, but doing a show by myself, I could never talk for two hours straight. I mean, it just it would drive me insane. I think that's why we work well together. You're you're long winded. I'm short winded. I don't want to. I, I, I kind of want to get to my point and move on. I don't like to tell a story for 50, 50, 50 minutes. I just I got to get it out and move on. Yeah,
1: yeah. And Phil, I mean, for you and Sandra, that works the same. I think that works with a host. And honestly, I think it works like with Mary. Couple. I know my wife and I, who Ted knows very well. Like we're different people, but we work well together. People always want to be the same and similar behind the scenes, Phil, uh, you know, the producer chemistry, talk a little bit about that and what, you know, what's the right fit for you as a producer versus not good fits for you.
3: Yeah. So I'll just compare it to a sports team. Everyone has to know their role. And that's why this works because Ted knows his role as the sidekick. He's not trying to get all the air time. I've mentioned this many times. Sandro is the same as me. I'm a producer at the end of the day. Do I love going on air? Of course. Do I, you know, think I am good on air? Yes. But I am great at being a producer and that is my role to make you and Ted and Ray sound better. And that's what I enjoy doing. And that's why you, a lot of times the producer oversteps his boundaries and I absolutely hate that when they just crack the mic up and just start talking. So I, for me, that's what I realized. And you need to also work with someone. And Sandro, just because of his background, he understands what's going on. So we click when it comes to, all right, Jeff just made an incredible sound bite. I'm going to pull that. All right, Phil, that was a paid read. I got it for you. Just those little things are, you know, you don't think they're a big deal, but they're a huge deal when over a course of a full show, a week, all these things that we I, I personally think the uh the bumps that we have going to break sound amazing. And a lot of times that's Sandra saying, Phil, that sounds really good. I'm gonna pull that for you. Perfect. And you get in these situations where you have a other producer that is not even listening to the show, which we've all been there as hosts and producers, it makes your job tougher for all of us. So you need someone that is not only paying attention to the show, which again sounds simple, but you would be surprised how often that does not happen yeah. and then understand like what is quality radio. And
1: I think we have that. From my point of view, it's the same. Like it it gets uh, difficult when producers want to be on air. I think what happens in our space a lot in fantasy is that every, you know, everybody plays fantasy or most of the people play fantasy and they or they're sports fans and they have their own feelings on it. And then they disagree with you and they want to like one up you and, and shit like that, that from a host standpoint, it's fine. If Ted wants to one up me or a guest or something like that, it's from a producer standpoint, that becomes annoying. It's, Oh, I don't mind disagreeing. And I, you know, I bring you and Sandra and our our producers on, so I don't have a problem with it from that element, but when they want to take over a whole track and you could tell they're doing things to kind of boost their on-air visibility and that kind of stuff. It's, it it just gets irritating to me. And that, that's a big thing. Sandro, I mean, you, have you ever had like on-air expectations you've been a producer you bounced around you you went around the entire country with the say anybody need a radio producer you didn't go around saying does anybody need a radio host what is were you ever did you ever have on-air aspirations uh
2: well i did i did do a music show for for a while Mm -hmm. uh at a radio station but no and and what was that
1: theme what was a country western like what what was the top (laughs) no it's,
2: it's all alternative rock okay like newer rock music uh okay. it, it was a i don't know it was like a remote broadcast every weekend on a boardwalk It was kind of cool but uh okay. th- to kind of tag off of uh ta- tag on to what phil said like yeah our role as a producer is to enhance the host like that that's my mindset going in and and i'm not supposed like people aren't really supposed to know that i like quintus cephas Unless Jeff gives me the opportunity to speak about it uh, when there's a direct question, right? When the host brings on the producer, there's no reason in in my – the way that I'm brought into the industry that I believe that a producer should just chime in and say, well, no, I, I'm going to battle my host right now. No, your role right now is to run the show, you're running the ship, and you're just making sure that the, the direction that the host wants to go into, that's the direction that you're going to take the show, so – Uh, No, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to, like, give my point of view on anything unless, you know, a host genuinely asks me, like, hey, what's your thought process on this?
1: Yeah, and and my point of view is why I've always liked the producers commenting and things like that. Number one, I know my personality is overwhelming, and I know that, and I'm aware of it, you know. Um, I don't try to be demanding or you know, overwhelming to people, but it's just like Ted was saying, it's kind of my, you know, my natural instincts and his is more just like say my piece and, and walk away. And I like to have it. I, I want to put on an entertaining show. I, I've told every producer I think I've ever had that, like I, I try to put it from a listener's point of view. And if we disagree or if we argue, as long as it's entertaining, it's great. The problem is that there's an industry behind our channel. And within that industry, people are jockeying for position. They're jockeying for sales. They're jockeying for notoriety or whatever. Like, I, I, you know, people have called me, oh, you're a great salesman on air and stuff. It's never the intent. Like, we want to, you know, we're glad people come over. We believe in the product we put on, on those websites and, and everything. But at the end of the day, well, we're on from four to six or whatever time period Sirius puts us at, we got to put on an entertaining show. And thus, every factor, every piece of it matters, whatever goes out on air, but also behind the scenes. And that's why like I call you guys the dream team, but I, I mean it to my core because it is pulling those sound cuts, getting the word out there. It is interacting on social. It's a lot more modern, uh, and there's a lot more to producing than just you know pushing some buttons, making sure we're at break, making sure we're on air. I mean, Phil, this has changed a lot over your 10 years at Sirius
3: yeah i guess my biggest pet peeve is people ask me i wonder if sandra feels the same way they're like hey uh you know, what time's your show? I go four o'clock. They go, what time's it over? Six o'clock. They go, you only work oh, two hours a day. <laughs> oh, yes! dude, I absolutely get irate yes. over this. I'm like, you don't understand. I don't sleep at night. No, Cause man. I think about the show and what can I do to make the show better? First thing I do, I wake up in the morning. I'm doing research about superheroes <laughs> and NFL players. Like, yes, My mm. life is this show and mm. it's radio and it's, Oh, it just like that just fires me up more than anything when people just say, you only work two oh, hours a day. I uh, uh, like I'm just like F off because like, no, you don't understand. I, I really want to say go, like when Ted was talking about you know being a host and pe- people just think it's so easy to do this stuff. Just like record yourself for 20 minutes. See if you could talk for 20 minutes straight. With if you want to take a breath, take a breath, but see if you can roll for 20 minutes, listen back and see if you find yourself boring or not. And it is extremely difficult. And that is why I hate when people are just like you, you only do a two hour show. No, it's more than that.
1: I can't stand it. People do that to me. And and for me, you know, people, they always ask, oh, what do you do for a living? And it's like, well. I mean, I own a network of sites. I write on, I write for those sites. I build products and, and that. I do customer service for those sites. I host a radio show. I host podcasts. I, I have, I do fifteen different things. But I, for time's sake, I say, well, I host a radio show. For one, it's the coolest sounding thing. And then I get the same shit. Well, I only work two hours there. Must be nice. Uh, I mean, uh, Phil, I'll go right back to Phil. Phil, what, what time does the show plan come out? Like what, what time do you uh, get the show plan in your email? Uh,
3: most of the time that's at 11 to midnight, right around uh, e- Maybe Eastern time.
1: So it's like you know, Eastern time you yes. know, around eight, nine o'clock, my time out there on the West coast. Right. Uh, Ted, when's the first time, when do people start, you know, reading the show plan, you, the co-host, the producers, what time, and when do you first gloss over and see what we're going to be talking
0: about the next day? What time is that? Well, I don't always really see it at midnight. I don't, I don't actually don't look at it. I see the email. I don't look at it until the next morning. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'll look at the top
3: five. Ted is the wrong guy to ask. No, no it's, it was, it's a good question. No, it's 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 no because I look at. it. I should have
0: written a cash article. to Be honest with you, over at the, yeah. the fantasy site. So I, I do the top five real quick if I can squeeze it in, and then I look at it the next day. But. It's yeah, that's the, that's the luck I have as being the analyst. I still have to put some pregame work into it, but it's not like the work you put in or the producers put in. I mean, a shitty producer yeah. might work two hours a day because we've had probably associate producers in the past that probably just show up for the shift and didn't give a crap and, and clocked out or left as soon as it was over. But it's not the good shows and anything are going to be well produced and well thought out by the host and the producers.
1: But I mean, the show plan I put together every night is usually about two pages long. It's packed with uh, facts and details. It's not just we're hitting. I'm gonna. I don't write that we're talking about C.D. Lamb today. I'll write actual information so that the co-host and the producers are all kind of aware of the theme of where it's going. So or the pre- And it always goes off track from there. But, you know, Ted, Ted, Phil, and Sandra, they got the show plan. Ray, as well, before they go to bed at night, they could look at it like Phil does. They could completely pass over like Ted. Uh, well, Ted sends in his top fives uh, early in the day as well. Sandra, um, you know, you're up usually all hours of the night as well. So, I mean, d- d- how does the show plan, Sandra? You've worked a lot of different shows. You know, me building that show plan, how does that, is it similar, different than other shows and, and hosts you've worked with?
2: I, I Well, I was going to say before you asked me that question, I think the biggest difference between uh, you and, and different hosts is you are very much involved in the show plan from the first step.
1: Right. In, Normally in some, they leave it to the producers, right?
2: Yes. And there's not that's not a problem. And it kind of goes back to what I brought up earlier with – you got to know your host. So by you doing the rundown for me personally, it makes it easier on me to to shape the show or come up with an idea of like how we can weave in the different sounds or, if, you know, we want to get like a player interview bite in or, or, you know, anything to to enhance what your vision is. Uh, mm-hmm. The other way around, if, if the producer works on the rundown, there's there's a lot of editing closer to showtime because it's you're you're kind of throwing ideas into a rundown and then later on when you're talking to your host that's when you kind of say oh well let's let's move this to a different segment let's like scrap this idea let's save it for the rest of the week or let's never do this so when with your rundown it's it's be- to me it's better because At the end of the day, you're you're selling yourself right fantasy sports, your concept, Austin Eckler. That's your guy. I don't need to guess on (laughs) that because you're already telling me that with all the information you put into the rundown versus uh, with other hosts. which Once again, this is not a bad thing. It's just a different process when it comes to developing and, and building a show.
1: And then, I mean, that's, that's a good point. And it's something that Sirius has gotten on me big time. And I remember when Fensty used to uh, produce me and even before Fensty, it, like when I was doing midnights and fill-ins and I'd have different producers, like that was always a, uh, they was like, well, let the producers do it. The producers got to do that. I always Phil, I always found it weird. Like how was, how you know, you and I at this point probably could do it, but how was a, part-time producer somebody even like Sandra that works all these different shows how exactly are you gonna build a show in my voice because I have to if I'm the one saying it why are you writing it or, or planning it out that that just seems weird to me why why does is that how radio is I mean it
3: what you do Jeff is extremely uh off the wall compared really? to what really happens I mean we have there's shows that the producer writes to teases. Like I do not believe oh. – I do not believe in so –
1: It's when you're going s- to a break. A little radio inside there. It's when yes, you're going to a yeah. break. Why to stay tuned? We're coming up. Hey, got this. I, You know, coming up next. Yeah, and I just – and that's kind of like
3: the TV background type thing, I guess. But I don't believe in telling my host what to say. I may be like, hey, we need to hit this. We need to hit that. But I'm not going to tell my host to say that uh, he has Travis Kelsey, you know, as his first tight end or whatever. So I love what you do. And I take it a step further. Jeff sends out a weekly plan. He knows, obviously we adjust on the fly because you have to, it's sports. But Sunday night, before I go to bed, before Sandra goes to bed, we know exactly what topics we're going to hit throughout the week. And then I say, Jeff, I think this top five we should do. I think we should tweak this. And and then that week comes to collaborative effort. And Jeff is very open to these ideas. Uh, personally, this show works perfect for me because of where I'm at in my career, being on the manager side, that I don't know if I could spend a whole day writing rundowns uh, for my host. But a lot of that time, I think what Sandra was talking about, these guys just, you know, the rundowns start a little late. We are way overprepared. I even told Jeff, we we do too much. Like, we try to hit too much. What
1: percentage of the show plan do we actually get to, Phil, on a normal basis? I mean, we cover a lot.
3: Uh, but I think we've actually done a good job this draft season of just scaling it down. To this be more year we've, for-
1: we've combined segments like the strategy segment yes. in years past. I would have, you know, if there's eight segments, I would have eight different topics and we would never get to probably five of them. We'd probably, cause one topic's a big topic. We're talking wide receivers, talking about draft plan and it, you know, it would carry on. I think we've gotten better as a whole and most of me just not not over planning either or over planning but not over jamming content in just to check boxes
3: yeah and i would just say that it just shows you that all the stuff that we could talk about and the information that we have it's a lot and jeff is just non-stop when it comes to this stuff and i think it once again reflects on air of what kind of quality we put out there
1: i think that you know again it's stuff this is all stuff i've learned by the way it's it's the you know the show plan building the show plan i i, I started i started emulating kyle l frank like when i started here i'm like okay what does he do he's putting this together like this and i'm like all right he's got a nice outline i used to do i used to do pretty much i think i just got my template from him of a show outline to do and i built it out over the years um and then even to phil's point You know, what we're going to talk about, I I mentioned on the air, there's no real – everything's out in the open on our show, I do believe, where, you know, our strategy segments, for instance. Like, I put those together back in June for when we start in July. So, you know, the strategy sessions, Phil could tell you what's going out in late August and say, Sandro and Ted and Ray, everybody knows what strategy sessions we're doing when. The NFL team previews what day they're going to be, what order they're going to be in. You know what I mean? We, we plan that out so that, you know, our shows carry over from one day to the next. We're building up towards something. And that, you know, it's kind of like a draft guide that we do over at Fantasy Guru, but we're doing it on the air, the verbal side that we're building up towards it. We start with a wide net and we narrow down, narrow down, narrow down. And some people get mad because we do talking planning or, you know, basic strategy on some days. They want to hear about the 11th round you know, bangers. So i was like, we'll get to that. You gotta uh, crawl before you can walk, though, people. I think that's a, uh, a, you know, a big part of it as well. Um, Ted, Ted always brings it up. Ted being fired. Uh, Sandra, you weren't around for Ted being fired any of the times, right? Have, down, you been yeah. have you I been around? I don't
2: believe I might have been a part of the channel, but I, you know, I wasn't.
1: Right, I Phil, was not like part of that. Were you? Do you remember Ted's fire? How many of Ted's firings do you remember? Uh, I remember two of them. Oh, okay. That's not bad. I think there's only three, right? Isn't it three, Ted, or is it is – I don't think there's more. I think
0: it's three. Yeah. I think it's three.
1: <laughs> and what was the – do you remember what the – I mean, you don't have to get into the – I don't think anything. There was nothing really specific, right? I mean, there, the Florida one was the only
0: thing. They didn't yeah, like the last make one it was, was – yeah, that was the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. That was – was. Beyond, I mean, I've never been a part of anything like that, but – i mean it, it, that sad thing is with the cancel culture now that, that that happened probably two years ago two
1: years three years ago <laughs>
0: think how sensitive it is now but yeah that was it's just one of those things yeah it's and some of its stuff um there's different points to it i guess some of the stuff is definitely stuff I can improve on um I'm, my whole, whole entire family mumbles for instance so that's a common issue and i I get that but um there's also that some some part too when it comes to the producers too and better producers need to tell you what you need to approve on instead I just and that's tough for I'm sure for Phil and Sandro when you have to tell a host what they should work on. They really nobody wants to hear what they need to work on. That's just the bottom line. Nobody ever wants to hear that. And it's 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 an, it's an uncomfortable situation.
1: There there are times that I'll speak for myself, Ted you chime in. There are times Phil and Sandro, both of them uh, will say things to me that I, there's like a, like a moment, like, oh, fuck, like, fuck you, you know, kind of like, like, whoa, you guys, you know, coming at me a little bit. And I have to remember, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like that second that you're like, whoa, aggressive, but necessary. And as a host, a co-host, I'm sure we, you need that because if, if, if everybody's tap dance around and we're not saying the truth, like, or, you know, Hey man, don't do this. Or you missed this. Or you're timing it off on this. It, then, then you know the show suffers as a result. Is there times that Phil and Sandra will say something to you that you're kind of like, "Oh shit, fuck you guys"?
0: <laughs> uh, not really. I mean, not nothing that really. Really,
1: they talk about your fucking connection all the time. Well, right? the, <laughs> that part I don't.
0: Know. Maybe I'm just because I've gotten old and crotchety, so I don't really care. But I mean, <laughs> so I'm, yes. more, I'm more I'm more on task because it's football season. But especially during spring, or we talk like March talk show. We were talk, talking about whatever we were we trying to talk baseball. I, I, and Phil was like, Well, I wonder what Ted's going to say to sidetrack us today because that's, yeah, constantly what I was doing because I don't, it's I just,
3: true. <laughs> Ted did not want to talk baseball in March. Yeah. Oh, well, Ted, I don't wait, know if March I blame March him forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. I so, well, no, he wanted to do DFS. Now he wants Ted to talk baseball like
1: now during the middle yeah. of football season. This is true, by the way, folks.
3: So that was frustrating because, you know, Ted just didn't want to do it. And obviously we needed to do it. So I had to, Did we I had to let him know.
1: I don't know. I would like to know. <laughs> Ted is there is I know this from a personal level. Ted has one thing. He comes in, like he got a parking ticket the other day. I know implicitly, I know it It will work its way in the conversation regardless. Something happens at his kid's Little League game. He is going to talk about it. I could be asking, Ted, who, who's your top five kickers in this year's draft? Not that fucking cop who gave me the ticket. Like, I know it's coming out. Phil, you've learned that from Ted too. He's got one thing oh, that yeah. will be out no matter what.
3: Yeah, it's just going back to when we talk about stuff in the break. If something comes up yeah. that is outrageous, that takes over Ted's brain, he will at least make some <laughs> kind of mention during the show. And it,
1: and it derails me a lot of times.
3: Yes, well, it does. You, Most of the yeah. time, yeah, most of the time it's uh, Friday, not during the football season.
1: <laughs> right. Ted will say, do you do that on purpose, Ted? Do you do- How often do you try to derail me? Uh, it's fun because
0: I think it brings out uh, more – comedy to the show so i i enjoy it so and things like that i mean like little things like that it's become people hear the cut all the time on the show the, the whole toilet thing me yelling shut the that door was, that was a break yeah that was on break yeah and that's what the yeah. stuff the producers pulled and it, people find it hilarious and that was actually my kid because working from doing the shows from home the last couple of years with covid my son fucking clogging the toilet and literally comes in at the door coming back for break and he's yelling at me the toilet, toilet so toilet. gross and the wife's not home <laughs> to take care of it. <laughs> Such a mess.
1: I mean, by the way, folks should know that. they We are recorded all throughout the show. Everything we do off air is still on recorded. There's audio that's always being rolled. And management at any time could walk in and pull that and do everything else. And, uh, you know, folks have asked before, and there's a lot of commentary on our uh, our Twitter thread, what happened to Tommy G? Why did he get fired? It's exactly what happened. Tommy was talking about some really crazy shit um, during a break. Not even – actually, not even on a break. The show wasn't even on, and he got fired as a result. And that was a month after I had gone to Elite from Fantasy Alarm. He got fired. I went over there to work with him. That was a very uh, – that was a wild Shocker, situation. Jesse showed in
0: again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a tad – Everybody gets fired
0: player. from Jeff, and I always feel that.
1: That's true it's kind of true it well that's the time that they right around this firing that you got fired so what got Ted fired was the Florida man we you know Florida man has been a, a hilarious thing for years and it's like a Twitter handle and it's a social media thing I, I, Ted brought it up at some Ted all he said was it's a shocker that that happened in Florida well some you know some group of people, got pissed off about it wrote a letter or something else and next thing you know you know changes have to be made and it was the most ridiculous thing in the name of commie give me a fucking break like people are just too sensitive about it phil do you remember that at all by the way when that happened the florida one yeah i do yeah I remember <laughs> okay
0: phil's a <laughs> management he's got to be quiet now on
1: this one were you that was uh <laughs> that was and that by the way, and then before that um sandra do you remember you don't remember the florida stuff at all right
2: I wasn't part of it. No, uh, no comment. No
1: comment. Got to be able to comment. Well, that was one. I, you know, again, I made a stand on that one. I said no. So that was the one only time that I've made a stand to management. And said, well, I guess I'm out too. Like we're 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 really gonna go because that's it. Just was not acceptable to me because it wasn't. If you know, we're all we all play pay uh up for whatever we say and things we do if we talk politics we talk religion race you know, there's certain things we're gonna you're gonna pay the price for it. and it's a difficult thing in the modern era for broadcasting anywhere tv radio people whatever so we're gonna pay that just to me was not justifiable the other time remember i got told directly to take my howard stern shit somewhere else they fired me back in like 2012 um, you know, somewhere around those times. And, you know, I think that was Al Williams that actually saved me on that one. I forgot what we agreed. Oh no, that was it. That's what happened. When they told me that they also fired Ted. I think that was the agreement that I could stay, but Ted had to go. They also wiped out all of our sound bites, all of our segments, all of our clips, every piece of saved audio, they deleted. The producers had to delete that. Phil, do you remember that? Really.
0: So
3: I, I think since I was not fully on the show at that time, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah.
0: It, it, All right. Well. The Florida comment also causes F that too. That segment. Yeah. Yeah. Remember
1: was- that segment F that? Yeah. We can't do that anymore. We can't do that. What was the other one that we uh, can't do? Oh, shots. Remember? And that's because like yeah. we, your shots, 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 shot, which we mean drinking and we take shots, but because it, you know, shots and bullets, no moss anymore it's like oh my that god! now it's canceled so we, we figured out a way around it but again canceled took two years how many different promos did i pitch there phil before canceled got accepted
3: yeah, yeah uh, a lot i mean it's just i don't cancel has become a great segment uh but yeah it's just i mean it's tough unfortunately that's the culture we're in so it's a fine line that's the other thing Again, Jeff says this all the time. He'll go on a rant and he will say he blacked out. He had no idea what he said. Uh, but you just got to be, you know, unfortunately, you just have to be careful with who you're going to offend, even if you're not trying to offend that person. We don't, we don't do those, Monday, those are
0: Monday through Friday night shows, the midnight shows that we used to because those would never fly anymore.
3: Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, we just
3: yeah, old school, old school fantasy alarm. It was unbelievable. I, th- that could not happen.
1: Yeah, anymore. it can't. I mean, literally. And, you know, honest to, truth be told, I probably wouldn't do some of those shows. It's not it's, you know, me being older, a little bit more, you know, wise kids getting older. And stuff. I mean, I we used to be just the like, I, I remember the one that keeps uh, our program director tells me about all the time is the Osama bin Laden fantasy league. Like we did some really just out there shit that is uh crazy um real quick building off what i was talking about before with uh sandra do you remember me coming to you, you know, several years ago at this point you'd you were relatively new to the station we you and i hadn't worked together very much but i came to you with a certain project that i thought you were going to be perfect for do you, you recall that at all uh it, w- it wasn't a serious xm project right? no 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 it was not no it was- Like an elite Uh, side project. I believe
2: this was a a Tommy G podcast producer role. uh, Which, uh, by the way, that was actually my first elite experience. I did work a Tommy show where I admitted that I dressed as a girl for Halloween. (laughs) Uh, So that was like my first actual elite experience. But yeah, I do remember you um, connecting me with Tommy. Uh And uh, we we talked uh, on the phone uh, one or two times. And then I couldn't get a hold of him again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same. Yeah, I do remember that. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. I don't know about that, but you could just say you dressed as Ted Schuster when you say a girl for Halloween, that's Ted's 14. But that, that was the thing. I knew early on Sandra, that you had like a personality, your personality isn't boy. It's like Ted. That's the thing. I, I believe like everybody has like a personality and something that they do. And your story of living in a van and riding a bicycle across the country—I mean, these are, yeah—I think it's radio gold. You know what I mean? And I think there, it, it makes for a great sidekick interjection role. Your Quintess Cephas Love or Chris Moore or whatever. Like you, you, you've always have you always had like a out there personality or like you know, uh, idiosyncrasies like this. I uh,
2: yes, I get I. I don't know. I like. I'm just me, right? Like people will point out stuff. I'm like, I, I don't know. Like I rode a bike across the country. Okay, three year olds ride bicycles every day. It's not a big deal. I slept in a van for a couple months. You never slept in a car before, people. Come on,
1: Scooby Doo. I mean, they always they they lived in the Mystery Machine, right? Exactly.
2: So th- these aren't like hard things that I've achieved. It's just I I've done them. Um, uh, you know, there's only two things in life that I've put my mind to and I've I've achieved. Uh, one is producing right i put i made a statement to my friends and some of my family i'm going to become a radio producer the other thing was become prom king and in 2007 prom. i became prom king Th- those are the only two things i've ever put my
1: mind to <laughs> and, you, and they were prom king of course oh, what do you mean of course geez. wait what, what what is this about i, I did not know that story I,
2: I went to prom and I decided that day I was going to, you know, wheel and deal. I was going to be a politician. Okay. I started going table to table, shaking people's hands. Oh, it's been a great year. Were you giving great H-J's? four years. What was that?
1: Were you getting a No, I wasn't. Okay.
2: No. Uh, but it, yeah, I, I uh, you know, was like, hey, great four years. You know, just remember me when the voting happens. Okay. Next thing you know, the shortest guy in the class is up there with the crown.
1: <laughs> wow. I did not just, uh, fill. Did you bang the prom forward? queen sandro did you bang the prom queen i did not oh <laughs> i don't i don't remember the prom queen <laughs> you don't remember it's because you're wheeling and dealing you're too much um let's do this i don't man we could the four of us could talk absolutely forever on this but we have a bunch of questions i wanted to get to so i'm gonna ask questions and then you guys chime in with it as you want because uh, people asked us a ton of questions on here um, let it go. The let me see, let it go, Jeff. The real rants come out. FYI, never heard you interview someone with such a lack of interest as you did, Mike. Hitman, right? We could feel your pain. Does anybody remember that? I don't, you
0: hate player interviews. I mean, I, I don't even remember that specific interview. You just hate is well, it
1: isn't the hitman, right? The footballers guy, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I honest to god, I don't remember interviewing them. Jeff doesn't like
0: interview Jeff wants to pick his interviews. He does not selectively. He does not like just random. He doesn't want to interview random players and other random people. That's he wants him on there. Is that true, Phil? That
3: is, uh that is true. That's one of the stresses I have in life uh, at times with the well, show. Well, talk about it.
1: Why? How come?
3: Well, because a lot of times I get, you know, pitched, Hey, we want to put this guy on the show. I'm like, well, Jeff doesn't want a guest like, so And then I have to come to you, Jeff. I don't really think we should have him. I know Jeff really doesn't want to have this person. But I will say this, because Jeff respects me. If I say, Jeff, we need to do this, Jeff will do it. And he'll do it with a great job at it. When we had Hootie and the Blowfish on, it was one of the best interviews, and management still brags about how great of a job Jeff did with Hootie and the Blowfish. Yes. Uh, But in certain situations, I think Jeff just wants to – talk and that's <laughs> great i think that's perfect well no i'm saying yeah. that because yeah. a lot of shows use guests as a crutch all right we're gonna have, they use breaks as a crutch mm-hmm. and that's not what we do and i love and respect it but yeah it can be a battle of times do, to say do you guys wish we
1: had more guests
3: no i don't i don't and i think the best decision we've made uh besides going all football last year during COVID, is saying these team previews and Kicking the beat writers to the curb. I think that was an incredible move that we did. And we haven't looked back since. Ted,
2: well, let, let me defend Sager. Jeff for a second too with guests. Yeah, like right. there's no wasted segment. And Jeff will have a guest on if he believes it will, you know, help the show and grow the show. And, and grow the segments. Like there so to just have someone on to talk about the same thing that we're going to talk Oof. about, it, it's, a, it's just a wasted segment. If we if we have someone on who's not going to give us the actual concrete information. Like, you know, if you have a beat writer who's just dancing around the big story, like that doesn't help us. So there's no wasted segment. And uh, to, to kind of answer the question, do I wish you had more guests? No, but yes. As in, if you, if you wanted someone, you to have them on more often, right? Cause I know you want to talk to people. We just had a guest last week mm-hmm. and there was no oh, problem with that, but, yeah. but that, That benefited the show. So maybe that's the the angle that Phil and I as producers need to get our heads together and say, well, we know that Jeff is really interested in this thing. So then let's go find someone that can help perk that interest. Yeah, I would
3: really love to get like a quarterback's coach on. Someone that's just intelligent and let you two just talk, ball. talk shop about quarterbacks for an hour. I think that would be amazing. So that's something I've always wanted. I've one segment I've wished I've pitched Jeff a few times is just chalk talk. Just Jeff. I don't know. It won't come across the radio, right? That's the only problem. That's the problem, but it would just be amazing just to listen to Jeff. Just say, look, you know, X receiver, here's the safety, you know, whatever he's going to do. It's tough to come across the radio. I get it, but I just know you would be great. Just, doing X's and O's uh,
1: and I think there's a way to do it and we just got to figure it out I like telestration stuff like that is that is something? I mean I do it my son son and I will play mad and and I'll pause the game I said this safety I I just tell him I'm like this is don't look at anything don't look because he had problems he used to throw interceptions all the time and mad I said don't look at anything else this is the guy this is it look at this guy if he goes here then you're throwing, you know, to if you throw to a circle. If he goes here, you're throwing to square. That's it. Don't look at anything else. And he does it. And then he's like, holy, yeah, that's of a few times he's been like, shit, it's a, a trick, it's a trick, it's a hack, life hack, but it's the truth. Because that's, that's really what football is. Well,
3: a little behind the scenes, since we are all on video. Oh, yeah. You Jeff will do this a lot when it comes to actually hitters. Yeah. He will literally act like he's hitting the baseball and say this is what the hitter's doing as he's trying to describe it. But he's personally doing it on video. It's great. <laughs>
1: that's that's very true. Idea. Head on a swivel. Head on a swivel. <laughs> yeah, you love Sandra loves the head on a swivel when I do the, the offensive tackle thing. You know, I'm always emulating that. Ted, you are guests. I mean, you don't you don't care about you care about guests less than I do, don't you?
0: Yeah, I don't like them. I it, it, we're there to talk for two hours. We're not there to have somebody else talk for for fifteen minutes at a time. Like I said, well, like I think, Sandra said, that they're just fillers for some people. That's that's their scapegoat to get by to to get the show done. If, if you don't have enough to talk about, then don't yeah. be there. I guess there's well, something to talk about every show that.
1: I'll never I love like you see people, whether it's fantasy or anywhere in their bio, right? They have a bio. Their bio will say, hey, I once talked to Michael Vick, you know, once was this they talk about the guys they interviewed. It's like, who gives a fuck? Who gives a shit? Again, and I mean, I've talked to my heroes Vic, Bo Jackson, guys like that, and I'm like, oh fuck! It actually depressed me. Bo ate fucking Doritos. I
0: was just
1: chomping on Doritos the whole time, I'm like, oh my god! He's like, and I'm like, what modern athlete reminds you of yourself? Nobody. No, I don't really watch sports. No, I'm, not. I'm like, oh shit! Well, fuck! This whole thing's ruined. Like guests are disappointing, and I think that's the thing. To have a guest to bring something out is wonderful. If it bring people don't broadcast enough to bring to for their listeners they do it for their own ego you know what i mean and i don't i don't want to do that i don't want to just do stuff to check my boxes or your my ego it's like oh i get to talk to this guy because i like i don't really like that I, i want somebody that my test by the way always if we're driving in the car, me and Ted are just you know, cruising around freaking uh Butterfield road back in the fucking days. And, and we're cruising and there's a talk radio on, but we're having some conversation. Some every now and then I've done this to everybody I know in the world. I said, what did he just say? And like we're listening to a sports radio. And you're like, uh, I don't know. And it, you know, he's just like, I don't, I do that to my wife all the time. what did they just say? I I'll listen to our station and have my wife and I in the car, or my kids in the car. So what did they just say? I don't know. Right. That's the problem. That As a broadcaster, why aren't you capturing those people? You need to be, whether it's being loud, sometimes you have to, it's a trick, maybe. Uh, Be loud, be obnoxious, say something spontaneous, say something off the cuff. You know, if if we're talking and I'm like uh, DK Metcalf, average 18.3 yards per carry. Uh, my dick has never been harder in my life, and I started ejaculating my pants. You'd be like, I don't care where you're at. you're gonna be like, Everyone in the car is going to be like, what the fuck did he just say? You know, it's going to – you you've captured the audience. It has to mean something. And guess the same thing. Like, hey, uh, what do you think of uh, playing at Green Bay? You like Green Bay? you not like Green Bay. It's better than playing in Los Angeles. How's it different? Oh, okay. Nobody's going to get in it. At least that's my opinion. that's why I'm done. And also beat writers have just given up on their job and they don't exist. So that's another reason. Um,
3: Can I stick up for that for a second? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I would say, and you just have to work harder. Uh, I My motto is uh, control the elements. Don't let the elements control you. I think them having to the interview these players on Zoom is the worst way to get coverage oh. with a team. They cannot create any relationships yeah, with true. any of these guys, sure. and I'm not saying they would. They, I think they would have better relationships. I mean, the fact that everything's Adam Schefter these days and Ian Rappaport, I, I would like to think that maybe
0: just staring at a Zoom computer is the wrong way to uh, cover well, things. I, would To give there some sort of defense, it's hard, I think, too, is – Nowadays, because the media, the papers don't have any money. I mean, we, every, like, just local, like, children, sometimes you all have to pay individually, like, to get online access. The papers don't pay any money. So a lot of the the deals are guys affiliated with the team. The only reason they're getting, have a job is because they're friendly with the team. And they, they honestly, I don't think, I don't know if they can even report the truth anymore. They're basically, they're going to get fired. So it's like. PR.
1: The teams control the ma- the, the newspapers, papers, magazines, the online editions. They they really do, and that's the thing that that's what turned me off. Like with serious, it's not just serious doing it, but ESPN. there's been times <laughs> there's been times I've been told directly, you can talk about this, you can't talk about this, you can say this, you have to promote this, you can't talk about this. All right, well then we're done here. I don't really, you know, if it, it's like I remember uh, Phil and I did the Michael Vick thing. I'll never forget as long as I live because I sat there, I'm like, okay, I'm interviewing Michael Vick. Am I really not gonna bring up the dogs? I mean, really, and Phil even was like, dude, no fucking way or whatever. And we I said, I have to talk about the dogs. I have to at least bring it up. We can't pretend. It's not there. It's like, how many times has Drew Brees been interviewed? Nobody talked about that shit on his face. Like, you have (laughs) to say, what the fuck is going on? The most obvious question has to be asked because that's what listeners want. And I'll never forget, Vic came back and said, yeah, that's fine. And I was like, when Phil, you and I looked at each other like, what the fuck? Really? We were pretty surprised by that. And again, and and as an interviewer, I wasn't going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fuck him now. Now I'm like, all right. That's really cool. Let's check that, but make sure the listeners know. We talked about, you know, how his career changed, you know, going into that. Ask him a polite question about the topic of the matter, and then we'll move on to the rest. And that's what we did, and I thought the interview was really good, Phil.
3: Yeah. So just to piggyback on that, I actually just looked cause I was going to bring it up when we were talking about guests. Uh, you can listen to that whole thing. It's still in the app. That's from 2018. Uh, we did fantasy football legends. Uh,
1: and and they're all, still there. Again, they Advertised they, it on XM. I heard it the other day. I was in over the weekend. I swear to God, yeah. they had the, I'm, I haven't heard a preview of that in three years.
3: Yeah. So if you go on the app, just search fantasy football legends, there are a whole bunch, but the Michael Vick one is the one Jeff handled. And Again, you're trying to challenge yourself in this business. And I think that was a great challenge for you, Jeff. That was a different type of show. You're, you know, it's we're not really talking about sports. We're focusing on one person. We threw some highlights. You did a recap of his career and then you interviewed him and it was amazing. So uh yeah, but he was awesome about it. And again, like you said, since he said he was good he was cool with it, you didn't attack him about it. You're like, hey, you came out the other side looking awesome. Yeah. Talk about the experience. I mean, and I
1: I will I will go, I'll be a Michael Vick fan to the day I die as a result of that. I, I was a fan before and I really wasn't after. And then he completely turned me around. Like that's the thing, man. I don't know why. Too many people will avoid you can't talk about this. Don't talk about this. Like, talk about it. Get it out. Don't avoid it. You know, it goes back to what my uncle told me. Everyone's scared to talk about their their secrets. You know, people ask and ask me anything. Did you shit your pants? And I'm like, Yeah, I've shit my pants. Like, yeah. I mean, my the story behind it will give me more sympathy than should but you know it's still a fucking hilarious story and should uh, be talked about um another question here people want to know what kind of jobs we did before we got into the industry and in broadcasting Sandra you're the natural there what what it Sandra I guess you've always kind of been a producer but what would you be doing if you weren't radio producer mm-hmm.
2: Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a very long list of things that I've done while producing as well. Um, so I, I worked at a uh, Spanish speaking television network. Okay. I Movie managed ne- speak Spanish. Spanish. I speak no Spanish. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> awesome. Perfect. I uh, made cheesesteaks at
1: a music festival. Okay.
2: I worked as a demolition guy on a construction like construction site and worked on different houses i was a stockroom guy i managed in edible arrangements oh really from, um, yeah
0: like fruit edible,
2: edible,
1: fruit the fruit edible. stuff yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> not, not, not <laughs> panties not panties and bras and stuff no
2: the fruit basket <laughs> okay. stuff like make the, the pineapple and t- oh, yeah <laughs> Pineapple, the flowers, yep. uh, customer service. I like Walgreens and, uh, worked at world market. Wow. Um, delivered all sorts of food, Jeez. Uber driver. Best one was Uber driver.
1: You still do that. Don't you? Or you did that up until well, like, I don't have had, a car. now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. you sold your car. I know. Uh, but I, I've always had an idea for a Spanish speaking show called muy importante. That's why I blurted that out. I just, I don't know why muy importante. Uh phil uh phil your your other jobs before radio uh i
3: did like cutting the grass but the one actually that i did i worked at a boys and girls club in my community that i lived in um for a couple of years so i did that i would do that all day and then drive to baltimore so where i grew up like 45 minutes north of baltimore yeah. so i would work boys and girls club like summer camps it was brutal uh and then drive 45 minutes to produce a six o'clock uh, radio show in Baltimore. So I did that for a couple of years and I, I did uh, Ripken baseball camps for a lot of summers and worked the tournaments and things like that. So I've always been in sports basically. And when we did, I, I've said this many times, like I knew radio was what I was going to do. I was just going to figure out how to get there. Um and Sandra's the same way. Yeah, Phil,
1: well wait, Phil, you're from Baltimore? I I don't hear that like every fucking day. <laughs> like I've never heard Baltimore.
3: <laughs> I'm <laughs> actually I'm actually people where I tell people where I grew up, they're like, "Oh, is that Delaware or Pennsylvania?" cuz I'm right I grew up like right on the Maryland, Delaware, PA
1: line, mm-hmm. but the uh and by the way, uh Phil is low key one of the most generous, like caring people. He does things like the mentor the boys and girls club. But talk, Phil, talk about Backward Bash a little bit because that's something that doesn't you know you you don't play it up. It's one of the biggest things ever and the biggest parties of the year, but it's for a very important cause too.
3: Yeah, so. We – we've done summer parties since like 2006, Um, and then when my stepdad passed away in 08, we started a scholarship in his honor, and it's funny. We like – we did one of those beef and beers type things, like we fire hall, mm-hmm. and the first year was good to raise money for the scholarship. Second year was not that great, and we're like, this is not us. We do not – throw beef and beer fundraisers we do parties so we're like let's turn backer bash into a fundraiser for the scholarship so we've done that now the last close to 10 years for the scholarship backer bash and that's coming up this weekend where you know it's good especially now covid i haven't seen you know yeah. sandro in a year and a half two years almost so It's going to be good to have everyone there. But, yeah, we're partying, having a good time, seeing everyone, drinking beers. But it is raising money for a scholarship we started, my brothers and I, uh, in my stepdad's honor.
1: Dude, I I love it. And uh, we got to tweet that out because people got to be able to donate to this, Phil.
3: We, we, I will do that. Yeah, right now it's all Facebook, but I definitely should throw it out because all our listeners hit me up on Twitter, so I need to do yeah, that. Yeah, man,
1: our people support things we do, and Phil never... I mean, this is something worked with Phil for years. I've never been to a backer bash, and I feel like fucking lousy for it. Just It's funny because you just don't push it. You know what I mean? And normally, <laughs> let's be honest, we get pushed, pushed, pushed to do whatever it is. This is something that, is, but is just more than anything to you. And I could tell that. So obviously we support it and uh, anybody out there that can do it as well. I think that's, it's just awesome. You know, great thing that you do. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's,
3: it, you know, obviously it sucks that you're doing a scholarship for someone to pass away, but uh, you know, again, it, uh, Jeff, you know, it is you Ted lose a parents, man. Mm. Uh, You meet people later in life and they're like, they don't realize the people that made you who you are. So, that's why we always make sure we do
1: it's it. the thing, uh, losing parents and I lost our parents a month apart. Right. I mean, it was like you, I went to, or your mom went to my dad's funeral and one month later, uh, she passed as well. Like that was, uh, you know, something we bonded early, you know, we were good friends at that point, but that's something, you know, we bonded over for years, Ted.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's unfortunate. And you learn, and Learn from it and kind of, I guess, try and handle it the best you can. I, I know, maybe that's why sometimes I have not enough sympathy yeah. for some people, but because people oh, will, Jesus. people dwell it's on shit too much. But uh, <laughs> it, it sucks it's losing people, but monster. you gotta fucking move on. You can't be a giant pussy the rest of your life. You gotta. <laughs>
1: Christ, you're such a monster i was just about to say i think the the people pass on like phil was saying the people that formed you or helped shape your life you are an extension of them i you know and i mean like you are those people and what they installed in you the times you had moments you shared whatever it is you represent that going forward and you know it doesn't get talked about and people may never know that but if they like an attribute um in phil they know that you know stepped ahead so much to do with that ted with your mom too i first-hand knowledge of her because i mean we used to go and have party one of the most fun people ever and uh, i loved animals and did all this kind of stuff so like you know and ted hates animals now <laughs>
0: it's shotgun <awesome>. beers <laughs> yeah.
1: shotgun and beers uh, out in the back dude i remember playing guitar in your fucking living room like the craziest Ted Schuster parties back in the days. Spray water off me after I vomited
0: it all over myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, throwing people in the pool, ruining their pagers back in the nineties. Um, no doubt. Uh, other questions here. I'll try to go as fast as I can. Uh, the 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 uh, the whole transaction with Guru, how the thing came about. I think people misunderstood this to be like elite sports or fantasy Guru, whatever. Um, I'll I'll ask this, Sandro. You can chime in. Does it ever get weird when you know there's animosity between like hosts and things like, does it ever, does it ever infiltrate the production room? If you know, like somebody doesn't get along, you know, two hosts at the station or something.
2: That you want. Go ahead, Sandra. I was going to say that for us. That's like our soap opera.
1: Right? We, <laughs> you guys love it.
2: I thrive, I love it. You know, I sit there and <laughs> yes. I, I'm keeping track of the storylines and it's like, and uh, you know, as the page turns, let's see where this takes us. Uh, but for me personally, like I don't, every show is its own thing. So if they cross paths, that's fine. But like at the end of the day, like I keep them separate because uh, once going back to like the beginning of the pod, like they're each host has a mission. And each host has a message. And my job is to get that message out on the airwaves so the listeners could listen to it and they could like it or not like it. So if you and another host aren't getting along, like, who cares? It's entertainment for me.
1: (laughs) I love it, Phil.
2: Yeah. And the other
3: thing interesting about our channel is we're, we got a bunch of websites. So everyone's trying to promote their site Mm -hmm. to make money. I mean, that's their living. Uh, and then obviously we have our own SiriusXM host, but for the most part, these sites are trying to—they're using this to make money, uh, and that could be tough at times because it is a competition. Um, and then some people just don't like each other. But I'm kind of like Sandro—I I love it. Maybe I feed into it a little bit if a host says something. I'm like, yeah, get
1: after him a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's funny. I mean, I do—I get along. Let's see. I think every host at this channel I actually get along with. Um, the the com- the competing companies um people know like fade the noise for instance and Brad is no longer associated with the company and the company only reason I don't like the company to be quite honest with you is because the guy who started it like the people he's hired really good people that I like and respect a lot I actually talked to But it's the one, one person that's coming at him. (laughs) Jesus Christ. There it goes. (laughs) Fucking Ted always. Um, all right. So that, that, yeah, that's, that's the only problem, but like me and Hanson get along fine very well. As a matter of fact, we text off just about random stuff and it's just, we get along. So, um, yeah, that's not not a big. Somebody asked, "Why can't I say the words one Man's Opinion' on the serious show?" It's funny. The caller did that actually today. Uh, somebody, oh, you got to listen. One Man's Opinion. It, it's just a serious XM doesn't want you to talk about podcasts or other broadcasts. And when I when we first started, that was an absolute fireable offense. You bring up a podcast or something else, you it was it. Nowadays, they're much more lax on it and, and everything else. So do, do they enforce that a lot like anymore, Phil? Like you probably have seen both sides of this coin.
3: It is funny you, you're you saying that because I remember – being this is how long I've been here. We couldn't even use the word daily fantasy like DFS. Oh, yeah. It was a huge no-no. <laughs> uh, and then all we started talking about was DFS and then podcasts – can't use the word podcast because this is a radio. Well, now we have Stitcher and Pandora. Right. So we're promoting podcasts left and right. So I think you have to evolve. But it is funny seeing how it was and what it is now. Uh You just got to embrace the changes. Well, the uh,
0: ownership.
1: <laughs> oh, an auction. And I mean, that that stuff is bullshit to me. I'm sorry. And I, I won't adhere to it just because like there's certain things you just stand your ground on and it's not a political statement it just is what it is. It's just literally if something offends somebody, I will always take it to heart because I am an older man at this point, And I understand, you know, certain things mean something to other people, but an auction trap, like, there's nothing, nothing. I mean, there's nothing, nothing anybody will ever say unless they're trying to be offended. And I, I'm just not going to play that game. Uh, what, uh, they want to know what divides the room the loudest. What uh, Michael Avery on Twitter asks. What they, he asks draft strategy or player uh, brings the loudest conversations and divides the room. I, I, what do we disagree with the most behind the scenes? Would you guys say?
3: I, I think that maybe it's an issue that we will not really disagree on stuff. We're always on the same page a lot of times. We, I mean, we argue with Ted that he doesn't like anybody. I
1: guess that's one way. Yeah, uh, Ted, not liking anybody. Uh, Ted, what do you disagree with the most? What do you and I disagree with the most, do you think, Ted?
0: Uh, not, not a ton. Sandro has witnessed one of our fights. I mean, Phil's been around for a couple of them. but
1: Oh, somebody asked about that. Actually, what's the biggest fight you remember uh, between Ted and you?
0: See, it doesn't last more than a day or something. We get over it. It's, we're not like – Sorry to say, we're not like women who are oh, just geez. so bitter Christ, there we and, fucking go. and never move God. on. We just kind of, dudes just don't do that. They don't get all like, all like sensitive and like, I can't talk to you anymore. Well, that's not true
1: because again, you mentioned somebody earlier that, you know, I had one argument with once and has plotted against me for the last five years. Like it's on the dudes do do that. Well, he's a it's bitch,
0: not, but that's just not matter.
1: Yeah. Well, rightfully so, or maybe. But I I do think that we get along for that, whether it's how we grew up or whatever, Ted, is that. We will argue and we disagree on stuff. We disagree on things all the time. It's just not a personal attack. Even when, you know, I'll take it personal or you'll throw it personal to me. It's not like... You know, and that's how it should be. People should have disagreements. I had an a argument with somebody on Twitter, not an argument, a discussion. And that never happens on social media anymore where somebody doesn't go to, well, fuck you, and you you stink, and you haven't won this, or you don't do this, or you're whatever it is. You know, and I think that's why we get along. Quite frankly, that's why all four of us get along, I believe. I mean, Sandra, have you ever witnessed me and Ted Bicker fight?
2: Nothing, like, major or notable. It, i I can't really think of anything. I, I know there's been a few times where you feel like tension, but that's normal. I mean, that's just that's just us all hanging out every day multiple times a week and it it just happens. So there's nothing that really stands How out. How about
1: me and Ray? Poor Ray's not on this one. He gets the host on Wednesdays, but do Ray, who do I fight more with? Ray or Ted? It's an interesting because I really don't know.
3: It's funny, you fight with Ray more during baseball season, mm. and you fight with Ted more during football season.
1: Well, that's that probably makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that. Um, all right, that's that's a good one. Um, uh, let's see. So, no other, um, no other really fights, right? I mean, do we is anything what about? I, I'll bring up the topic this is comes from management, it goes back the break times because that's something that sandro and phil have to deal with massively i do not adhere to the sirius xm break scale and that goes back to the 15 minute segments we kind of alluded to it earlier and that has gotten me in a lot of trouble multiple times and it's also uh, but i took it right to the uh the higher ups at a meeting in person phil were you there in nashville for that or no i was not no. Sandra, you weren't there in nashville were you no. Oh, shit. I think Ray might have been the only one. Ted, you weren't there, were you? I was there. You were? Okay. So you, I went right at him because we had a big seminar. It was uh, at the uh, Nashville Predator Stadium. And I just told him, I said, listen to me. I, and again, I've read books on this. Steve Dahl published a book years ago, local Chicago radio personality. Howard Stern has talked about it on air before, where people are, if you're in the vehicle, most people are driving they have a destination to get to at a time they're going to work your work starts at 7 a.m or 8 a.m we'll say right use whatever time you want it could be four or five and after and thus you drive to your place and you usually get out of the car about 10 minutes before you go in so you turn off the radio at that point and thus that last segment you don't hear meanwhile so because people are not in their cars Meanwhile, when you leave a place, a destination, you're I'm leaving work or uh, an activity, whatever it is, you get in the car at 7.04, 7.05. You're out of the car, maybe it's even 7.10. So and your normal commute is 22 minutes, I think is the normal commute uh, for most people. Uh, and then you're in your car. So I want to be live when people are in their cars. That's, the Sirius always tells us that's where the most people are listening. That So I want to be live those times. And yet they're like, no, you got to break at 15, right in the middle. And as a listener, I I used to commute for work all the time, and I'd be flipping stations, and I'd be like, you know, it's, again, uh, 7.15. I'll just keep using sevens. And every fucking station is on break. If we all have the same break schedule, the listeners are just fucking flipping the whole time, and they're getting pissed and finding something to do. If you don't want to lose ground to podcasts and other things, then stop all breaking at the same time. That's my... My take on it,
3: so. which I don't disagree. I guess
1: the sounds like you disagree the, a little.
3: Go ahead. Well, I don't mind a longer first segment. It's just then the back end of it. But people um, are
1: out of their cars by then mostly.
3: I don't know the science, so I can't <laughs> fully science. say. I just will what
1: about say COVID-19. What about <laughs> vaccinations? Let's go. No,
3: let's go. I would just say, like, a two-minute segment. I don't know how great that is.
1: It's not – well, it's not great, but it's not also listened to. So that's the thing. Who's going to keep listeners? They're out of their car at that last – that's – I mean, again, I didn't invent this thing. It's not just something in Jeff Mann's head. It's been used in radio, and I looked around at who uses it, and it's like these guys have pulled massive rating books, massive fucking ratings, and I think, well – there has to be some kind of symmetry to people it's not just their unbelievably witty personality as much as i would like to say because we do well at the ratings on serious all the time have for years I, I you know i don't think it's just i'm just really charming your Ted's sense of <laughs> sense of being you know i don't think that really brings in the people i think it has a lot to do with being there for them when they need it also not taking days off
3: yeah and i mean look it, it obviously works and it goes back to what we said at the beginning of you being unconventional Uh and it, Sandra and I being in radio for so long, it's different. So even we've had to adjust, but yes, uh I have been hammered about this for years. So yeah, I've always told Jeff, my biggest stress yeah. is, has been to break times, but not so much anymore, but it was for a while. Uh,
2: so,
1: I, go ahead, son.
2: I would just say like, it's not, it's also not a move for every host. Right. So I kind of like think of everything in radio as like a, a musician, right? You choose your instrument and you you have to be like uh, Eddie Van Halen, right? You master that instrument when you work in this industry. So me on the board, like I try to – I master the board. I do everything I can and I study it and I learn it and I I adjust with the flow. You as a host, your instrument is the time of the sh- in the show. We have a designated time and you know how to – to get the most out of that time and it works for you another host could do the same thing but it's because they're they're lost and they're not playing the time properly they're not using their time wisely they should be breaking because they they are moving on to a new topic so um i'm not going to fully sit here and say that i i think that every time there that we should take a long segment cuz there's times where i hit fill up behind the scenes and i've never admitted this to you and i'm like there's a distinct difference in his thought process and we could have braked phil why are we not breaking and but it it works i mean that's that it it works because you it kind of goes back to the rundown like you have a master plan before you send it out to all of us so you already have a gauge of how you want the show to go and i can't fault you for using up as much time as you want in whatever segment because i know at the end of the day you personally jeff have have it in your mind right how you want this to go out to the, the
1: people. Um, somebody asked how Sandro comes up with this is outrageous, obscure hot takes. Care to comment?
2: Yeah, look, football <laughs> and sports is about opportunity, and we have a problem where we don't give everyone an opportunity. And football <laughs> is as easy as one catch in one specific part of the field, and that guy gets points. And that's when uh, I'm excited. So I'm giving opportunity to players that have been forgotten.
1: Um, uh, I think, and, and I think he, for the most part, believes it. Right? I mean, you're, it's not shtick, right? I think some people thinks it's shtick. Sandro. No, like,
2: like if I, uh, like, who was it last year? Uh, Chris Mannerts. Like that, <laughs> that dude Man. deserved a touchdown.
1: The guy's One. been in the league for, for a long time. Yeah. Sanchez's a fan of the underdog. I don't think that's a bad – I actually think that's what draws most of us into sports at some point. We all see ourselves in these guys, like, but we're the underdog. If only this would have happened, we could do it. So rooting for the underdog is something I definitely get. Uh, somebody else chimes in, what's the angriest you've ever been with Phil Backert and vice versa? Uh, I I'll, I honestly i have seen this question for the last three hours. And I truly cannot remember being angry, Phil. Do you ever remember me yelling at you? Have I ever yelled at you? No, I,
3: I really have. You really haven't. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I honestly, I wish I had a good story with it. Um, the only the only things is when you know I, I respect the thing with Phil handles his business in an, in a uh, responsible way. Like he tells you what you need to be told when you need to be told it, he doesn't embellish anything. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't play those games and it's very difficult. Not it's very difficult to get mad at him for it. So uh, I just don't see it. Let, let's let flip it though. I let's go around the most angry you've been with me, Phil.
3: I've been looking at that question for three hours oh, too. Okay. And I just, yeah. And I, nothing comes to mind
1: anytime. Well, what's the, I mean, I put you in situations with upper management
3: Yeah. So I'm not angry at you. I I think a lot of those times it's like, are we really upset that much at this? It puts me in an awkward spot because I'm like the middleman all the time. Like tell Jeff this, tell Jeff that. And I, 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 you know, not all the time I agree with it. So
1: that's, that's the most difficult is like, I'm the guy that has to go to you to say this. Right. Sandra, do you ever get mad at me? What's the maddest you've ever got? Most angry you got me.
2: No, there's never been an instance. But with me and Phil, like Phil, Phil doesn't get mad. It's like, it's kind of like you're a dad that's disappointed in their kid. That's that's the yeah. the feeling I get. Because I remember one specific time I messed up bad on the board yeah. with the guest. Uh, uh, the The board was set in a way where the guest could hear the hosts, but the host couldn't hear the guest. Oh. And it was uh, it was like a baseball player. I think uh, I forget which player, but just Phil walks over, fixes it. And then you could just feel that that in the air, like, man, Papa's just upset. I disappointed <laughs> him. He, he's not mad, but he's, he's disappointed. disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. He's disappointed. Yeah. Uh, so I that that's Phil's uh,
0: his way.
1: That's pretty good, uh, Ted. What's the most uh, pissed you've ever been at me, Ted? You remember?
0: <laughs> I don't know if there's a specific instant. There's a times where you get condescending and and. A little, people accuse you of getting too arrogant or too all knowing. There's times where you cross that line, and that that's probably the most irritating at times. Do you remember a specific time? Um, oh god, what was that? I remember one of our
1: on air fights that went off air into a break, too. And I know I was condescending, I remember I said something like that, but I don't remember what it was exactly. I was at my other house, I remember was that a
0: player, I can't even remember. It was about some kind of thing, it's so hard to. I just, yeah, it was just it went back and forth basically for the entire show, but I can't remember what it was about. Do,
1: do you think I condescend to you? Do I do that often?
0: I would say often. Occasionally it happens, but I would say often.
1: When, what like are the topics normally? Is it about like. It's normally
0: not. No, because with you, normally it's never work related. It's always personal life shit that you carry on to air. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Is no, that's it, where you that? snap at people that you just because you've had enough. Something else is edging you oh. and they do one thing to set you off and it just becomes, it just builds. Yeah. Just like it was, oh. it was anybody does with people. That's
1: a personality defect of mine. And I know that. You're hunt. Ted knows. I get to a point where it's just like, I'm pissed at the fucking world. Like I feel like the world's piling on me and then somebody is just there and I feel like a random cage it's my my wife my wife take it's fucking unbelievable there are times like i snap at her and say some terrible shit and i'm like and like 10 minutes later i'm like oh my god like what are you doing what what are you nothing of this is is she uh, i don't know what ever she would have done wrong but it's just i came up with bullshit and i do that i know i do that to you sometimes too Ted. you get in the way and uh, off the air stuff uh mostly there are times where I think Ted gets distracted by all the shit and he's not putting in the work and I bring in, he's not putting in enough work or something. And then I, I will push you in that. And I push you on purpose too. For it's, its And you probably know that, that I think that, you know, you're fucking running around, you know, mostly your kids fucking sports, which I'm just like, God damn it. Why do you spend copious amounts of fucking hours on that? And I send out a show plan. And you have no idea what I'm doing that I'll throw a shot at you then. And you know it, ninety nine percent of the time, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, and I just ignore it. To be honest with you, not, <laughs> I, nice. I I know my truth. I, would say.
1: <laughs> I know my Jeez. truth. Let's go around this. Ted knows his truth. I think that's a real. <laughs> don't know. The last thing Ted knows is is truth that i'm not sure i'm not sure about it that's fucking good uh let's see i mean everybody like there's a bunch of people want to know about tommy g and all that kind of stuff so i mean that that's all behind the scenes um any of that do you guys feel like i guess we'll end with this because it's been a long time the like the business side comes out a lot on the air or do you think that like what's going on, you know, with uh whether competitors, cause that's, that's a big thing. Like we've got a, a lot of people that have left and formed their own companies. And then, you know, there, there's a narrative in and around. Let, let's let's form it like this, the industry stuff in general, right? Cause there's a fantasy sports industry behind all these shows and, and everything that happens, whether on Sirius XM or this podcast or others, do you feel that, the that gets in the way of the content, or that that uh, pushes too much, either on this show or elsewhere. We'll start with, uh, I guess we'll start with Phil. Uh,
3: I, I think at times I think more so that just maybe we rely too much on what social media, like what Twitter's thinking. I I would be curious to see like how many of our listeners are actually interacting on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the question about Tommy G. All right, fine. We get a lot, but you know, or is the truck driver on Twitter care about Tommy G. I would say no.
1: It's a um, it's a thing. Like the, I think that's it's a part of this, and believe me, this hampers me personally and you know Ted as well in bit the business side of that is like we'll have. You know, one and a half million listeners and people think, well, why don't you have that many subscribers or why don't you, you know, your business doesn't have that many people and stuff. And it doesn't work that way. And it's not supposed to, because if that's all we're doing, then fucking we'd have, you know, whatever, 35, 40,000 subscribers that we may have, which is a ton in this business. Like it, it just doesn't work. It's the same with social media following doesn't equal, how much listeners you'll have and vice versa Sirius has a job to promote and produce quality programming and put the people in the right places. Then we have a job to execute and it doesn't, you know, it's it, just because we have a big following or a small following doesn't mean that's going to affect listenership. I think that's a, a big problem and it goes back to social media and it infiltrates the business side, um, as well, where in our industry, everybody expects, um, Everybody's fighting for the same pool of customers. Like everybody wants the same group, and uh, that—that um, that that response an, I to I the think listeners
0: it, or was that response to upper with the, the investors with the Elite Fantasy.
1: <laughs> I have no idea. I honestly I don't know. Well, I'll, let me let me say this. I'll, I'll clarify. I don't hate Tommy G. Like Tommy, you know, went off the deep end and he did his thing, and you know, God bless him for doing it. Tommy actually produced. Like that is the bottom line, and he was, you know, he embellished a lot of stuff. You know, did he put a a fake dick pic on the internet? That was one of the most fucking dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. Yes, that, I have more problem with that. And then he went political, and I'm not going to go political. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that guy. I don't want to be. I don't fancy myself. That's the only thing about Tommy's that he always fancied himself bigger and better than. Every, you know the the he he was supposed to have a million followers, and he always was on that. I've capped out. I'll be straight up with everybody. This is what I want to do. I love it. I was meant to do sports radio. I know it in my bones. My mom brought me up that way, riding in the bus, listening to the radio. This, I I had an uncanny timing elements for things. I have an uncanny interest in this. This is what I want to do. Phil talked about it before. Saunders talked about. It. This is what. This is what you want to do, and this is where I want to be, and I'm glad I could make some money and and do it, but this is ultimately what I want. I don't want to be a personality. I'm done. I used to go out and do uh, pilots for TV. I don't have any interest in doing TV anymore. None. No, not even a single fiber people have asked me to do a couple things. I said, no, just not. This is what I want to do. I like doing this, and I think for people that want to listen to it and people that do it, I think we can do a, uh, you know, we, we do a good job of it. So, um, there are two people that I've worked with at Elite that I don't like. All right, two people. Ted mentioned one earlier, and the other one's a, a guy that no longer works here. And, um, you know, it was, it was just, you know, a scam artist or whatever, liar and deadbeat. That, and didn't have, anybody that doesn't have the customer's uh, interests at heart or want to take advantage of customers or want to grift or lie or cheat out people. They have none of my respect and none of my attention, period. But I would, uh, as far as the rumors and what people say about me, and I know it's out there. I would, I live for the day that the truth is told. I would love. I want to hear specifics. Tell me what I did to make you so mad. Tell me what I'm doing. Who's a fraud? Why? What am I a fraud about? Like that? Those kind, I fucking live for that conversation. I fucking live for it. Because there's not a goddamn thing they can do, they can say about it. But Tommy isn't a fraud; he does what he does. So I don't have that problem with Tom, even though we went separate ways. Anything he does owe me pizza though. He does. Uh, oh, is that from uh, was that Nashville?
2: No, this is Tampa. The first time I met Tommy, he ended up giving away my pizza to some girl that he was trying to get with. Oh, so I, at the end of the day, uh, Tommy does owe me a pizza whether he remembers it or not <laughs> <got> it. Um,
1: <laughs> so wherever you are tommy g uh get get the Sandra a pizza and do it a fuck <laughs> oh boy man we could go on forever i i man there's a lot more questions here as well but we have gone this is the longest podcast to date i think rightfully so it's a lot of fun any hot take that somebody wants fantasy football uh, uh Phil Backer, what's your biggest hot take? Or, oh, you know, what do you <laughs> yeah, leave that to
3: Sadro. What I'm do you disagree
1: going. with me the most on this football season, Phil? That's that's a good one.
3: Uh the Pat Mahomes.
1: Oh, Pat Mahomes early, quarterback early. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's uh that's pretty just because it's a quarterback, basically.
3: Yeah, and I just think he hasn't really I I, I won't go to injury route because Ted does that. I just will I don't know if I would like my roster drafting uh, Patrick Mahomes in the second or third
1: round. Yeah, Mahomes has. Uh, I mean, you really look at it, and the 2018 season is just uncanny. And after that, it's like, okay, you know, good seasons, great seasons, even, but you know, not, not didn't pop. You know what I mean? Brady had more touchdown passes last year uh, than he did. Sandro, uh, what do you disagree with me most about, or with the show in general, with the the fantasy element? for this year.
2: I, I don't know if I can pinpoint something. I disagree. With. Like I I'm literally the world's luckiest fantasy sports fan. I have the most inside access to mm-hmm. all this stuff because like at the end of the day, if a different company or a different radio station hired me, yeah, I'd probably, I probably, I would leave. Like, I'm not going to say I'm leaving because of you, Jeff, but <laughs> in general, like I just have all this access. I hear all this insider information. I'm at these events meeting all you you great, passionate hosts and fantasy people. So I, there's nothing that stands out that I disagree with. It, actually, you make me feel better about myself because a lot of the players that you like this year are uh, on my okay. Dynasty team oh, that Phil keeps on trying to take
1: oh, players from. That scares, so, scares the uh, life out of me. I was going to say, Sandra, you already got the job, buddy. It's all right. You got, it. you got it. Uh, Ted, what do you and I disagree with most this football season?
0: Uh, football season... I probably well, I don't know if we disagreed a ton about it, but like, I don't want to touch Kamara at all. Like, I wouldn't take him in the first round.
1: Nah, we don't really. Well, we don't disagree. There's other things that we did. You you say this like almost every show. There's something that you uh, you and I disagree on. Eckler, you don't like Eckler. Well, I
0: not liking him and not liking him as a top five pick are different. I like he's probably a first round pick at this point, but he's not top five pick.
1: Hmm. I'm trying to think. What else don't we – has to be something.
2: I just thought of one. What was it?
1: What was that? Good. De-
2: Detroit wide receivers, Jeff. Like, <laughs> there's no reason why Quintus Seafest shouldn't be the number one or that should be your top-ranked guy. I don't care about Brashad Perriman's uh, father's history. I was on Brashad Perriman when he was a-, a Baltimore Raven. The guy did nothing except cut his hair. And Tyrell Williams, this guy's been a perennial injury uh, – Nobody Mm -hmm. and I used to love him too, so it's Cephas season, we all know it. Move him up in the rankings, please. Thank you. So,
1: what you're telling me is all the guys you used to like have let you down. That's what I just heard there. So, uh, I'm not sure if Cephas is is better. Uh, Ted, any and nothing, nothing else is um, um, I can't.
0: I'm a little concerned about the Mike Davis love, I'll say that he's fine. Why he's a full time back, but I don't know, I just. I don't trust that offensive line. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be in a position. Their defense is not still not going to be very good, I don't think. and They're not going to be in positions to run the ball time.
1: All right. Well, uh, fair enough. I'm sure we'll come up with more. Uh, all right, guys. This has been an amazing time. I can't believe how late it is already. Episode 77, behind the curtain of elite sports. A big thanks to the crew here today. Phil Backert, obviously the man, the myth, the legend, behind the scenes main producer at the uh, at Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Follow him at Phil Backert on Twitter. Also the IDP wizard here at fantasyguru.com as well. So uh great stuff there. Sandro Nello at only Sandro. You will find the greatest stuff that his neighbors leave in the hallway and for us to you know sort through and you should be putting that stuff on eBay, by the way, Sandro. Like, that should be your side hustle. Everything that's free, just put it for sale on eBay. Let people bid it on it that's
2: a great idea we can talk about this uh, <laughs> since you're a great business mind and maybe we'll come up with a business help me
1: in 10 you you have to sign each piece though and then auction it off the listeners get the the bike tires the uh you know whatever whatever it is the fruit baskets anything that's left out in your hallway there uh again at only Sandro. sandra also does production for us uh over at elite fantasy elite sports betting at fantasyguru.com as well, and of course, Ted Schuster, which everybody knows at Ted Schuster on Twitter. And uh, I don't know what Ted does half the time to be quite honest with you. Nobody does, nobody does. <laughs> <You> keep, <laughs> what is it? You keep it, you know, your truth. That's the, I'm gonna change the title of this one to Ted Knows His Truth. That will be the uh, the new tagline for episode 77. All right, folks, it's in the bag. Appreciate you guys downloading once again, word of mouth. That's how we spread nowadays, folks. So, uh, go tell a friend fantasy football baseball betting daily fantasy pop culture everything else that's what this podcast is about you may disagree with some or all that you heard on today's program and folks trust me when i say it's perfectly all right why because it was one man's opinion we'll see you next time everybody Do deuces